Thank you for listening to the Don't Trust Anyone podcast where I'll be telling you allegedly true stories about the true monsters of the world, your fellow man. If you enjoy the show please rate and subscribe and share us with anyone you want to be paranoid. Hi guys. So I've been following this sub for quite some time and have seen some horrific, weird and f***ed up stories. And I have one of my own. This happened just a couple of months ago. So I moved from New Zealand to Germany three years ago now. I was working at a hotel in Munich as a bar manager while I have been learning the language. It's ridiculously complicated, especially if English is your first language. Anyway, I am a 27-year-old blonde, thin, punky-looking, you get the picture, girl. It was a two-minute walk from my hotel to the train station and I had to catch the train to my hometown after I finished work most nights. It was common for me to get harassed at the train station or on the way to the station, even though it was only a two-minute walk. It was extra horrible because I couldn't speak German very well. I once had a guy ask me to marry him for money, another one asking me why I don't speak his language because he wanted me to come home with him, another one call me a slut because I ignored him, the list goes on. But the scariest time was actually in my hometown. I live 35 kilometers away from the city. I head home on the train as usual. I got off the train and began walking round the corner to my apartment. This is around midnight on a Monday. I get to my apartment and unlock my door. But as I am unlocking my door, someone taps on my shoulder. I turn around and see a man behind me, quite short, Middle Eastern, a friendly enough looking guy. I was obviously shocked a bit, so my immediate response assumed he lived in the building, so I asked if I could help him with something. It was just so weird, so that was the first thing I said. He said in German. I need your number. Again I was shocked because I assumed he lived in the building and was locked out of his house or something, I was so naive. He began to tell me that he had followed me home from Munich and needed my number. I said no and that I was married, my husband was literally inside the apartment. He followed with that doesn't matter and asked if he could come in. I began to freak out and stated that I was going inside and I bid him farewell. As I entered my apartment, he pushed me forward and tried to get inside my apartment. I turned around and slammed the door so hard in his face it brought tears to my eyes, not the slamming, but you know what I mean. The creep continued to stand outside for a few minutes, I could see him through the peephole. By the time I told my husband, he was gone. I didn't even think of calling the police. I was too bewildered. The thing that scares me is that this situation could have been so much worse. I am quite fit and strong, but if I was someone smaller and stuff it could have been really bad. If my husband wasn't there. His daughter lives here. I keep thinking of all these things that could have happened and it still gives me nightmares. If I didn't shut the door in time, if I lived alone. All these things. Now I carry pepper spray and a whistle everywhere I go. So to the creepy man who followed me 35 kilometers home and tried to get into my house. Let's never meet again. Please. So this happened when I was 8 I was out playing with my friends. There were a lot of kids. Anyway, me and my best friend at the time left the area where all the kids were playing and went to the street. 
There was a man in one of the phone boxes and when he saw us he started to make funny faces. Us being kids, made funny faces back. This continued for a few minutes. Then he got off the phone and approached us and said hey, I have some sweets at my house for you too again us being kids got excited at the thought of free sweets. As we're walking towards him, he's in the middle of the road and we're on the edge of the pavement. I think he began to realize that we were hesitating. I turned to my friend, we both speak a different language, and said I don't think we should be going with this man and she said but free sweets all in a different language. When he noticed our hesitation he then said I also have chocolates my friend looked at me excited and said let's go. I then said to her, in a different language, I don't think we should go and we stopped walking towards him. Then he said I also have money for you too. Then I turned to her and just said run. And we both ran back to where all the kids are. I never saw him again and never mentioned this to my parents up until a few years ago. I'm now 21. I always wonder sometimes what would have happened if we had been enticed by this. Scary. So just for some context, my bedroom window is in the back of my house, and I can see my next door neighbor's back door, he's a drug dealer, and all the windows in the back of his house, and from his living room window, he can see my bedroom window. He's watched me grow up since we've lived next to him my whole life. He also has a garbage bag covering the downstairs door's window 99% of the time. This all started at the beginning of the month, May, as far as I know, when I noticed he left his downstairs light on and there was a sign that said can I see you with a big smiley face. I just thought it was kind of weird and laughed it off. Then last night at like 4am I woke up and opened my window to get some air when I saw his downstairs light on again, with a sign that said let me have you. Now this really freaked me out because I'll be 18 in 4 months so I'm still a minor and this guy is in his 50s or something. I took a picture and showed my mom who thought it was disgusting and creepy, and I just thought it was that. Now tonight, I once again opened my window because my room is small so it gets really hot, and he once again swapped out the sign to say I'll be good. And I checked through all the other windows that we can see his house in and he has it so I can see it from my room. To say the least, I had a full-on anxiety attack and got my mom. She doesn't know what to do since he's a drug dealer and he obviously knows people who could make our lives hell if we call the cops. I'm stuck in a really weird place right now and I don't know what to do. So to my creepy neighbor, please stop putting up these signs in your door, and let's not meet. Sorry if this is kind of confusing. I'm still a bit freaked right now and rumbling. I'll start by saying, I have a terrible biological father. He has been a shady person all of my life and constantly caused me a lot of grief. This is just one of those examples. When I was four my parents split up. My mother and I moved states and they agreed I would visit my dad every school holidays for a week. This one particular time, I had been with him for a few days when I was playing with my cousin at a nearby park. A car pulled up and I recognized the man as one of my dad's friends. He called me over and without thinking, I ran over to him and left my cousin at the park. He asked me if I could show him where my dad lived and I agreed and got in his car. 
I gave directions and didn't notice at all that they weren't following them correctly, looking back I didn't really know the way anyhow. After way too long, I did realize that we were getting closer to the city which is far from my dad's house. We pulled up at a house I didn't recognize and the man told me to wait in the car. I did, I didn't feel scared at all for some reason. He eventually took me inside and I definitely started to feel unsafe then. I mainly remember two girls passed out with their tops off, and a much older man was feeling them up everywhere. I made eye contact with this man and he made me sick to my stomach. I had definitely figured out that this was a bad situation by this point. A lady took me into a bedroom and brought me a sandwich, the bread was stale and I wasn't hungry but I ate it all because I felt bad for her. Which doesn't make a lot of sense but that's what I was thinking about. The lady told me a lot of things I didn't understand but when she left I remember thinking my dad was coming to pick me up soon. I fell asleep waiting for him. I wet the bed that night and no one came to see me the next day until I cried very loudly and banged on the door. The lady came back and yelled at me for stinking up her bedroom and I asked about my dad. She said he was coming tonight after he finished work. She didn't offer me a shower or a bath so I sat in my soiled pants all day. After that everything turned into a blur really. My dad did not come that night and I was so terrified. In my head I felt like I was there for months, I thought I was missing school and everyone had forgotten about me. In reality I was there for five days. They let me take one shower. I don't remember eating much except for boring sandwiches and I had chips and gravy once. Finally my mum drove across the country to come and get me. After not being able to get a hold of me or my dad for so long and then me missing my pre-booked flight home, she panicked and came looking for me. Thank God she did. She found my dad at his girlfriend's house, methed out completely, hiding out. Turns out he owed a lot of drug money to the people who had taken me. They had told him that they had me but he couldn't afford it, or didn't want me back, whatever it was, he didn't bother to try to get me back. My amazing mom, paid his debt for him after borrowing from a lot of people and she came to get me back. I remember when someone came into that room and told me my mom was here and I walked out and I could smell her. It was the best feeling to feel safe again. She took me home and I didn't see my dad again for a long time. She never called the police, my parents' relationship was very complicated then and I fully understand the choices she made. I'm definitely okay now. I've spoken about this in therapy and I've come to terms with most of the things that I went through as a child. But still a fucked up situation for a 4 year old girl to have to be in. So to my dad's friend, the sandwich lady and even to my dad himself, let's not meet. Please be forewarned, this is the type of story that makes your skin crawl in a way that makes you beg for it to be untrue. I wish that were the case. I am a 34-year petty officer in the United States Navy and was stationed at Pearl Harbor. When we got our orders, my wife was excited to move to Hawaii. Tropical beaches, endless summer, how could we not love life? Besides it was a great opportunity to get our boys, ages 10 and 13 outdoors and away from their Xbox every now and then. I'd recently remarried. My wife is a gorgeous, 35-year blonde bombshell. We'd met in high school journalism. 
She was the editor of the school paper and I took the class because I thought it was an easy A. When we were in our in our 20s she'd been a model, mostly promo work and music videos, but some more prestigious things like Playboy and print ads. At that time I was a touring rock musician. It took us years to finally end up together, but here we were living our best lives in paradise. Until last September. Early September 2019, my wife was away at a retreat and I had to return home urgently for a family emergency. Something was off and we could both sense it. We all decided to return home early so we got on a space a military flight as soon as one became available. By the time our flight landed we were exhausted, fortunately we lived in privatized military housing just outside the base. However, as we drove up to our house, my wife noticed my bicycle sitting in front of the garage. You left your bike outside, were you getting some exercise before you left? I hadn't touched my bike since we had moved to Hawaii. Something was wrong. I instructed the kids to stay behind in the car and immediately unlocked and slid open our garage door. The garage was trashed. It was apparent that we had been robbed. The kids were now standing outside the car. It had been a long flight and they needed to use the restroom. I yelled at them nervously to get in the car and rushed to the front door. I slid the key into the front door and began to push it open to find a tall, dark figure peering through the crack and holding it shut. Jet lagged and tired, I wondered if I had the wrong house. My wife began screaming at him what are you doing in our house? And I came to my senses and pushed the door open. It was a complete stranger, we had no idea who he was or what he was doing there. He was a Puerto Rican male in his early 20s, about 5 apostrophe 11 with short brown hair. This is my house, you have the wrong house, he insisted as he attempted to shut the door on me. He was wearing my clothing and shoes. What did you do to my cat? My wife continued to interrogate the man who stood in the doorway, preventing us from getting in. I rushed and grabbed an 8-pound sledgehammer from the garage, the only thing we had available for our defense. I screamed at the man to get out of the house as my wife yelled to the neighbors for help. They just stared as I confronted the man with the sledgehammer, the kids standing on the lawn, but nobody called. I yelled at them once again to get back in the car and lock the doors and this time they promptly did. Finally, my wife was able to get a hold of her cell phone and call the police. There's a man in our house, we don't know who he is, please help. Within a few minutes several cop cars arrived. I threw down the sledgehammer and yelled to the officers and pointed at the intruder. As they searched our home, we gave the police our statements and the intruder was arrested for burglary. After the home was cleared we were instructed to take the kids somewhere safe and do an inventory to identify what was damaged or missing. We were completely shaken up. It took a couple hours to drop the kids off and compose ourselves before we returned. Our home was completely trashed. It was demoralizing. All our belongings were thrown around our house. Pictures and items that were stored in boxes in the garage were taken out and put on display. He'd even built a dog kennel that was in storage and locked up our car and tried to turn it vegan, feeding him only dried mangoes and water. I waded through the kitchen. It smelled. There were pots and pans filled with human feces, urine and God only knows what else. My wife called me from our bedroom upstairs, James, 
you need to come look at this, now. On our bed an old MacBook was opened next to my combat knife and various other personal objects. The Omnivore Trials, a rehabilitation for rat-like people. The stranger had left about a dozen pages of notes on our old computer. These notes detailed my wife and children as his test subjects, stating that they were a species called omnivores and he planned to surgically alter them to become a new species called Ezequiels. We searched our other devices. The web history revealed he had viewed videos on how to surgically remove an arm, perform anal reconstructive surgery, and perform gender reassignment surgery. He detailed in his notes his plan to neuter my wife and how he had been watching my children play in the backyard. His desired outcome was for them to be transgendered. He wrote that his transformation was painful, but he hoped they would be receptive and he saw them as some of the most beautiful creatures he'd seen, he believed that he was going to make them even more beautiful. He even wrote an entry about how he believed a child is the Antichrist and that child was meant to reveal to the world the wrongdoings of government and the evils of society. His grotesque and bizarre obsession with my kids had us deeply concerned. With the entire house trashed, he actually managed to clean the kids' bedroom. He placed a photo of them that was originally downstairs on the TV stand in their room. It made us sick to our stomachs. He listed the surgical equipment he would need, researched medications, and attempted to procure a hospital bed. I paced around the house furiously while my wife was in a panic. As I glanced down at the kitchen counter I noticed condiment cups with a liquid inside that had posted notes which read omnivores, eye drops and omnivores, skin which were to the side of various prescription medications. He had made serums to drug us. I called my chief and he instructed us to lock ourselves in the car and call the police. When the police arrived, they told us there was nothing they could do. They would not take the computer or the drug serums as evidence. Naturally we were upset. As I showed him the notes on the computer we noticed he had recorded a video as well. It was a 47-minute transformation video that discussed the cosmetic portion of his trials and went along with his manifesto. At this time our neighbor came out and stated to the police that on Friday the 13th, she'd made a call to security and had witnessed a domestic disturbance between him and a woman. The police noted that there was a female suspect still at large. We insisted to the police that they needed to take the evidence in the home and that additional charges needed to be filed. He's already charged with a felony, what more do you want? This set us off and my wife and I began to berate the police officer and his partner for their incompetence. Our bedroom, furniture, and clothing were destroyed. There were bottles of urine placed randomly through the house. Various items were stained with what appeared to be semen and there was feces smeared on the bed and some chairs. With that and the blatant threats left in his notes, how could they not see this wasn't merely a burglary? Eventually we calmed down and the officer suggested we email the detective digital copies of the notes and video along with screenshots of the web history during the time the intruder was in the home. Unsafe. Violated. Angry. We left the house as we did not feel it was okay to return with the suspect still at large. Unfortunately, the privatized military housing company refused to provide us we alternate safe housing. So the four of us spent the next few days sleeping on sofas at various people's homes. The following week we received a phone call from the victim's advocate at the prosecuting attorney's office, 
the intruder had been placed on supervised release without bail. Naturally, he violated the terms of his release and burglarized a Buddhist study center and was committed to a state hospital. He's now been deemed unfit to stand trial. For your own sake, intruder, let's not meet.